Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice Podcast. My name is Richard Brown, and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Well, if, you're, uh, if you found the show notes or if you found the YouTube channel, you can obviously see that I'm delivering this by video, so it's unscripted. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying video now, so hopefully you enjoy that. If you're just listening by audio, ignore that comment. It's just uh, irrelevant, obviously. So what I thought I'd do today is cover a couple of points which relate to uh, birds, essentially. So bluebirds and black swans is really what I want to talk about. And I also want to come back and share something of an update from the latest crop of the Property Voice uh, apprentices on the Apprentice Programme, which has recently kicked off. So let's, uh, let's just sort of go into the, into the theme, if you like, which is all about uh, bluebirds and black swans. So first of all, a bit of a definition. So a bluebird is something, it's a rare event, it's something unusual, but it's a good thing uh, that happens um, to us. And obviously we'll take it when it comes. Um, we take it when it comes, but there's a couple of lessons, I guess, that come out of, uh, of that. Come back to that in a minute. And then a black swan is also a, something of an unexpected event. A black swan event is something that was unforeseen and, and actually is pretty negative usually as well. So um, we've got two sides of the, of the same coin in effect. We both use you know, bird idioms or analogies to describe, so the bluebird or a black swan. So let me just illustrate with a couple of examples. So um, in terms of bluebirds, you know, a couple of deal, bluebird deals. So these are great deals that come along from time to time. So there's a couple of, which is what I mentioned. One was a few years ago. Essentially, I was offered a property which has a value of about £190,000. And I was offered this for about £142,000. Well, not about, £142,000. It didn't need a lot of work doing, actually. Usually you find, you know, there's quite a lot of work that you need to be done and it needs to get done. And maybe, maybe you still make a profit, but it's nothing like that 50 grand, more or less, that I'm talking about there. So in this particular case, I only needed to do a light re- redecoration and some minor repairs. I think it cost me about £4,000, that sort of order, to get the property back up to standard. And in fact, I duly refinanced out uh, onto a buy-to-let mortgage, was keeping this property always intended to. And I got the valuation, I think it was either 190 or 195,000 in the end. So it was almost fully recycling my cash. There was some fees involved, some holding costs and financing charges. So I think pretty much left 10,000 in that deal um, and had a very good cash flow. And, um, you know, so around about 10,000 for, for a property worth 190, 195,000. Um, from memory, the cash flow was certainly about 250, maybe, maybe slightly more now, actually. Um, so very decent returning um, uh, investment. A bluebird, because it doesn't always go that way. That's the point. So yes, you can sometimes get opportunities like that, but often you need to spend a bit more to get the uplift in valuation. Um, Sometimes you just don't get the um, uplift recognized by a valuer. So even if you did have one like I've just described, perhaps in six months time, you, you can't really justify uplifting the value sufficiently in a valuer's eyes. So it doesn't necessarily change the fact that the property is maybe worth 190 or 195,000. It just means you've got to convince a valuer that he can see that you've spent, or I say assume he, he or she can assume that you've spent the money to uplift the value, which um, he can convince the bank to lend you against. And therefore, you can pull out a large chunk of your cash. 
So that's one thing. The, the second example was uh, another another one. I was going to flip this property. I did uh, a refurb on it, but I was planning to buy and sell it. Did a fairly substantial refurb, about 25000 I spent on it. I paid about 75000 for this particular property up in, uh, in Yorkshire. And I put it on the market for one hundred and twenty-five. Um, which is, you know, probably the comparables around about 120, 122. I put it on at 125, perhaps thinking I might need to take an offer. Um, but it's the best property in the area, no doubt about it. You know, spend a lot of money and it, it was by far the best property in the area. Lo and behold, first time buyer came along, offered the asking price and I duly accepted, of course. Only for the valuer to, their valuer, of course, acting on behalf of their lender to downvalue it. Uh, to about 115,000, which was a bit bit naughty. You should have been probably downvalued to about 120, 122. But there we go. And the point there is, um, we just had a difference of opinion, essentially. Um, I, I could substantiate a value in the region of 120 to 125,000, depending on whether you pay a premium for a you know brand spanking new refer property. And the valuer could probably argue there was some lesser quality. In fact, they did. You know, there's some lesser quality properties around. You know, perhaps it can pull it down to the 115,000. Difference of opinion, you win some, you lose some. Um, what I did in the end in that particular case with that uh, flip property is I just decided to keep it. Uh, so I put a tenant in, I refinanced it myself. I, got a, I didn't get the best valuation myself either because there weren't enough uh, substantial, substantiated comps to, for valuers to hang the hat on. That's the point. And, uh, but, you know, I'll live to fight another day on that one. Um, so I've got decent equity, decent cash flow, and uh, I know I've got a decent asset because I spent a lot of money doing that property up. So perhaps in a couple of years, I'll look at it again and we'll decide what we do at that point in time. Um, but the first deal in particular was a Bluebird. In fact, the second deal would have been a relative Bluebird as well. Had the, um, the, the first time buyer been able to get their, their mortgage in place, would have made us a few extra quid, I suppose, on the, on the deal. Um, but here's the thing about bluebirds. They're called bluebirds because they don't happen every day. In fact, the norm is you need to spend more money on the property or you don't get the valuation. So you shouldn't expect them, is my point. Um, and in fact, you should build in uh, plans that you don't always get these bluebird properties. That's from our point of view as investors. But there's a flip side as well, because sometimes people are offering us services, you know, perhaps deal sources, for example, and maybe they quote the bluebirds. You know, the deals that always go swimmingly well with the great returns and, you know, no hassle, and, you know, yada, yada, yada. So don't always believe, particularly if somebody's got a vested interest in showing you their uh, fantastic deals, um, that they are always what they seem to be. In fact, I had somebody the other day write to me saying that he was going to get you work with a deal sourcer in uh, a part of the country and they're getting up to 100 uh, percent return on investment. Uh, on, on BRR deals. So the implication being they're pretty much recycling all of their money. And I said, well, why would anybody give you a deal where they get, you know, effectively all your money back um, when they just do it themselves? I certainly wouldn't be giving that deal away. I'd be doing it myself. So there's a bit of a question mark there, isn't there? So, yeah, um, I can show an example where, you know, I've done a great deal, but does it actually mean I'm going to give it away to someone else? Um, not necessarily. So, you know, it's kind of take the bluebirds when they come, but don't necessarily believe that they're going to happen all of the time. And especially if you hear, you know, what sounds like too good to be true information from people being presenting it to you, maybe it is a bit too good, too good to be true. So that's the bluebird. Then we've got the black swan. So the black swan event is, um, is you know, the so-called black swan event is, is an unforeseen event that affects us and you, no one can see it coming. Uh, an example is a global financial crisis. A black swan event came out of nowhere. Nobody could see the banking crisis uh, happening, could they? Well, actually, yes, they could. In fact, there's a book called The Black Swan, uh, I think it's called The Black Swan Event, 
um, but basically, uh, which talks about these, these apparently unforeseen circumstances happen repeatedly. Perhaps there's different actual reasons or triggers that cause them. And if, you're, if you study any of the any cycles, whether it's economic cycle, prophecy cycle, with alarming regularity, these black swan events seem to happen roughly every 15 to 20 years. Uh, but nobody saw it coming. And it was always this, different this time. But they always come. So um, that's my, my biggest takeaway, is we don't necessarily know the exact triggers of, of these, black swan, these so-called black swan events. But we can actually um, predict with all, you know, with a degree of confidence that these sorts of unforeseen events will happen from time to time. And what does it mean? It means that um, it can have an impact on our business, of course. You know, we can go into recession. You know, we can, we can have property price crashes. All sorts of things can happen. Credit crunches can affect our business. Well, we need to be prepared for those um, is really what I'm talking about. So as far as possible, we should go in with, you know, due diligence, with protection. So, you know, don't take everything out of the deal. Leave some money on the table. Do have contingency plans in place. Don't be over greedy. Don't have all your eggs in one basket. Uh, and do have, you know, a means of escape, potentially, in the case that that should happen. I've talked about it uh, other times on the podcast, there's other resources, by all means, uh, there's the House of Cards, for example, um, methodology that you can adopt, which can, you know, predict the safety of your portfolio through, say, recession, recessionary times, if I can say it. Um, so write in if you, if you want more information on that, or if you want to talk about economic cycles or bubbles or those sorts of black swan events, and I'll be happy to point you in the right direction. But here's the nub. Um, don't let these black swan events be what take you out. Uh, and I'm going to just share something very, very you know, personal to me at the moment. I've had a so-called personal black swan event recently. Um, I'm, I'm literally in the midst. I'm going to tell the full story another time. But I'm in the midst of actually a bit of crisis management on a couple of projects where um, they perhaps haven't been managed. I've allocated the management to a third party and they perhaps haven't been managed in the, in the right way. And things have started to accumulate and started to see things going off the rails a bit. So I've had to jump in and jump in pretty uh, quickly, swiftly, and with you know a heavy hand to make sure these, these projects come back on track. And um, the long and short of it is, um, and I'll be very honest with you, is I, I overtrusted to some extent that things were going well with this particular individual who's managing some projects for me. And so some of the checks and balances that I would always, always, always recommend some doing your due diligence, having independent eyes and ears and those sorts of things, um, I kind of let, let loose a little bit because of the relationship that evolved over a period of years, actually, and things have been going well, but, you know, and then just letting the reins go a little bit, which is on me. And then, unfortunately, the other party kind of started to, you know, maybe there's things going on in their life, I don't know, but started to see things slip a bit. Um, so that's kind of a personal black swan event. And really, I'm kicking myself because really what I should have done is I should have just maintained the rhythm of having the checks and just having a, you know, my own trusted pair of eyes and ears uh, to check on those things. So yeah, I'm paying a bit of a price at the moment, in all honesty, but it's, it's, um, it's going to be recovered. But here's my point. The, the reason it's going to be recovered is I have you know, contingencies in place. So I have assets that don't have any uh, liability on. I have additional investments that I can call upon in these sorts of times. I have alternative income streams so I can get myself through difficult moments. There's probably a bunch of things I've forgotten there. But, uh, you know, that one particular event hopefully shouldn't be too detrimental to my position because I protected the downside in a number of different ways. 
Now, what I should have done, of course, is protected the downside, particularly in the projects and, and had a bit more checks and balances taking place. But unfortunately, as I mentioned, I, I was a little bit lax, not for long, but for enough uh, for it to go a little bit awry. But the, the good news is that I've got uh, alternative protections that I can call upon. And in fact, I've got a method of recourse as well, which I'm actively pursuing. So um, the black swan events, don't, don't, don't get caught out. In other words, whether it's a personalized one, like I just taught, told you, or it's more of a um, kind of an industry one, if you like, or an economic one. Um, they happen and they happen regularly. Um, so just protect the downside risk, put the due diligence steps in place. So there we go, the blue, the blue birds and the black swans. They're both apparently rare, um, so don't always believe the good times, don't always believe the bad times, but be prepared for both. But don't assume that oh, that is constant and it's the way it is at every single moment, I guess is the key takeaway from this particular message. So that was that, I just wanted to share that. The other thing I wanted to talk about was the, the TP, the apprentices. You're gonna hear in a minute a recording. I'm not sure how I'm gonna do this with the video, so we'll figure it out later on. You're gonna hear a recording, got four very different individuals who have joined the, 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 what is now the third Property Voice uh, Apprentice Program. Um, so we'll have done a full year by the time these guys finish in, uh, in December. So we have, uh, we have Aldo, we have Terry, we have Matthew, and we have Antoine. And um, apart from a mix of nationalities, we've also got people based in different countries. Uh, again, we had people on the last program who were based in different countries. And, um, and this time we've got different nationalities as well. We've got people with different goals, people who perhaps are looking at long-term investment strategies or passive income streams. And we've got people look, looking for income in the, in the here and now and need to do something to generate funds. So a very broad uh, base of, of that. So I mean, I'm gonna enjoy sharing with you over, over you know, just periodically, um, you know, probably every month or so, over the course of the programme, their progress and uh, their, their learnings, if you like. You're gonna hear a bit in their own words in a second. Okay, so here we are. It's the end of the, the first session in the TPV Apprentice Programme, the third one of which we've been running. We just had a long call, so the guys are probably very, very tired. And I've uh, picked on them a little bit and asked them if they can share just a little bit about where they're at uh, 24 days into the programme, but actually after our very first group call, which is a bit late in the process. So um, I'm going to put them on the spot a little bit. Be kind when you listen to them, because you know I have put them on the spot. We're going to start with Aldo in a couple of seconds. And so, Aldo, why don't you just take us through how, where are you with the program right now and what are you hoping to get out of it? Hi, my name is Aldo. I'm 36 years and I live in Switzerland. My rough plan is actually to start with deal sourcing at first to learn a bit about the business and how it all works working with investors finding deals sourcing deals and try to work my way through it what i've gotten to notice about myself during this program is that with my energy the, the, the one that i have it's very important for me to find the right people to connect with to get the most out of the, the whole joint venture together. This is something that really got into me, that it's really important to find the right people to connect with, for me especially. That's what I've got so far. Thank you. Thanks, Aldo. That's brilliant. 
No, no, that's fine. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. And then we'll move straight on. We've got Antoine next. Antoine, welcome. Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Antoine. I'm 34. I'm living in London at the moment. Um, I'm traveling for my job all over the world. Um, so my one-year objective is to make a first investment in the property market um, in order to start building a portfolio. Um, and my, my long-term objective is to be able to fully replace my incomes from my job. I'm working in the oil industry and I just want to have a backup plan uh, if everything collapse in my, in my current job. So that's my long-term objective. Uh, within the program, what I want to achieve is a clear view of um, the different steps I should follow to in order to understand this property market, um, which is completely unknown for me at the moment. Um, the other objective for the program is to start building a network, uh, getting to know people in the UK, obviously, but in Europe as well, or, or in other part of the world, if it's if it's necessary. Um, so that's my, I would say, that's my strategy within the program: start building network, knowledge, and uh, doing a first investment. Um, so that's that's where am I at the moment? Um, after 24 days, I think we've done some uh, interesting piece of work. Um, so and I just hope to keep going with this all along the holidays. That's it. Thanks, guys. Perfect. Thanks, Antoine. Really appreciate that. And um, looking nervously at me is Terry. So, <laughs> hi everyone. Uh, my name's Terry. I'm 43 from uh, Lancashire. Um, my Sunday goal is to build a pension to support me and my family. Um, and the one-year goal is to purchase my first property. Um, during the 100 Raid program, I'd like to learn the tools to spot deals that are suitable for my goals and also build my funds uh, to allow me to, to grow faster. Uh, the breakthrough that I've had with Richard on the program is how to use leverage and propel me and my uh, business towards my goals faster. Nice and succinct. Thanks, Terry. Really appreciate that. And uh, last but not by no means least, we have Matthew. Hi. Hi, so Matthew, I'm 57, I'm based in London. My someday goal is uh, to build a substantial property portfolio and uh, agency business. The, uh, I haven't yet arrived at any figures. I'm, I should add that I'm a, I hesitate to think of use the term because I don't think of myself as such, but a 30-year veteran. I've got a lot of it, uh, experience across the property market. The agency uh, side of my business is not typical. It's investment and development and off-market deals. I've done some quite large deals in my uh, career. And so I've got, I think, a wide range of options open to me and uh, Richard and the program is helping me look at uh, my experience, my contacts and my skill set from a different perspective, which is uh, really reinvigorating my interest in, in, in uh, a field that really I, I'd perhaps gone a bit stale in, I think. Um, 
So my someday goal is quite large. I'll come back to that, I suspect, at a later date. My one-year goal is to have a business that is functioning, or which, again, uh, is agency having a pipeline of deals, uh, working and collaborating with good people uh, on that front. It's uh, not always straightforward uh, doing the sort of deals that I do, but uh, so I'm looking forward to, to building my contacts on that level, even though I've got quite a large black book. The... Uh, yeah, so that's one aspect. The other aspect is to uh, be buying and investing as a principal. But again, strategy there. Got some ideas, but let me come back to you on that if I may. Um, my aha or breakthrough moment, there have been several, I would say. One is uh, mindset, and I'm not talking airy-fairy stuff or the latest fashionable book. I'm talking about it as uh, very much a three-dimensional living thing that's connected to everyday life and getting up on a Monday morning and feeling excited about it through to practical uh, situation dealing with problems. And again, Richard, really helpful there on the perspective side. And also for me, something that I've identified, which I wasn't really able to do on my own before, which is, I think, and I know going to be crucial for me, is uh, systems and back end. I've now got some fantastic ideas which hopefully the next time I report back to you, I'll have started to implement. Fantastic. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you all, actually. You know, very varied, diverse, different starting points and different endpoints, but there's a real collection as well, collective spirits here and common values. So I've really enjoyed this first session working with you all. I'm looking forward to working with you over the remainder of the 100 days. And um, I'm sure the listeners are uh, eager as well to hear how it unfolds over. just wanted to share with you hopefully this is interesting for you to to get fly on the wall insights from the apprentices just let me know uh, what you think about it equally if you're thinking about uh, potentially maybe this apprentice program could be something interesting for you to go through yourself at a later a later stage i don't really advertise it um i've already got a couple of people lined up for the next program which will start early next year um i'm already taking four people on with an intake and i'm already doing three intakes a year so, um, but it's a very intensive and immersive pro, uh, process, particularly from my point of view. Uh, and I, but I really get a buzz out of it, just seeing turnaround and people, people's eyes light up with a sense of belief, I guess, once they see that they can actually realise their goals and their, their dreams and their plans. So, um, yeah, get in touch if, if you want to hear more about that. I'll happily share it with you. I think in terms of uh, an update this week, that's probably all I wanted to share. Uh, as you can see, I'm experimenting with the sort of the video model. So hopefully uh, if you see this on YouTube, um, drop a comment in or something. I need to figure out how to, to respond to comments or get alerted to them. But uh, so I'm not ignoring you if I haven't, if you've already commented, I haven't replied. Uh, just let me know what you think. But, um, you know, that was it really. Um, I guess the show notes of what there will be, because there's not going to be necessarily a full transcription of the show, but the show notes are going to be over at the website, optiboys.net. If you want to talk to me about anything from today's show or indeed about property investing and developing generally, you know, you can reach me, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net. Uh, I'd be more than happy to hear from you. So I'm just remembering my outro sort of script here. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, I guess all that remains to be said is thank you very much for listening or indeed watching this week on the Property Voice podcast. And until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's Joshua. 
Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.